Welcome to the Bruins Benders Podcast, uh, Season 2, Episode 43, Prospect Talk with guests Robert Chalmers and Maddie and Smitty, brought to you on the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL and ECHL news, insight, and analysis. Follow on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink and download the Inside the Rink app. Subscribe to Inside the Rink's YouTube page to watch our episodes on there and Smitty. We'll tell you how to sign up for ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, you can sign up for ESPN+, Plus by going to the Inside the Rink website. Go to InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN and sign up today. I have ESPN+, Plus and I love all the Major League Baseball, soccer, college sports, UFC, and much, much more. So sign up for ESPN+, Plus at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN+. And our special guest on this week's podcast is Robert Chalmers, who covers Bruins prospects in depth at CohensHockey.org and recently ranked the top 25 prospects in the organization. Robert, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Sure. And uh, we're going to get right to it. Number one question here is development camp wrapped up last week. What were your overall impressions of the talent level there? Well, so, you know, the Bruins prospect pool is not at the top of the top. So you're not going to expect the big, the, a ton of talent there, but you are expecting a good amount. So some guys I liked there were uh, Matthew Potra, um, uh, Mason Laura. I killed it. Uh, he was the number one standout. Uh, you, you couldn't miss him. Many plays he was doing around one on um, battle drills. You couldn't miss him. Uh, these skating drills were, he was really impressive too. There was a lot of guys there during the skating drills that were not so good. And some guys that were a lot better than we expected. So, uh, overall development camp was really good. It was really fun to watch all those prospects get into it. Some of them weren't there that are on the list and then a lot of them were. So some of them were a bit older, so that's why they weren't there and have been to it before. And that's, that's what it is. Yeah, so uh, can defenseman Mason Lorai, who, who you mentioned uh, being you know one of the standouts, can he earn a spot with the Bruins out of tr- uh, out of training camp? It's a tough question. Um, it's it's tough because he's gonna he's gonna push. There's no doubt about it. Um, the thing is, is will there be a spot for him there? The thing is, is there's quite a few guys there already. Um, will he push for it? Yes. The thing is, is will he get the spot? I don't know. He does need some AHL seasoning for sure, in my opinion. But I think he's also NHL ready at the same time. So it's hard to do because it's hard to ex- hard to explain, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. If if he – one of the things that was difficult for him in Providence was the pace that uh, when it came to speed. He likes to play a little slower. If you watch him, he kind of just – he holds the puck a little bit, and then when, it got, when a forward comes at him or a defenseman comes at him, he'll – will kind of do this slow dangle move. Um, so I think that's the thing he needs to adjust with is pace. Um, he didn't, he only put up one point, but I really liked what I saw from him, especially in the Hartford series. He was really good uh, in that series. Didn't put up any points, but he was starting breakouts left and right. He was really good on defense. He was blocking shots. It's everything you want to see out of a defenseman like him. Um, and I, I wasn't a huge fan of how, who they paired him with really. They put him with Josiah Didier. No offense to him; he's a great pro, um, but uh, it was it was definitely a slower start from down there. So, uh, no, again, no offense to Didier, but I w- would have liked to see him with Conn Carrick or even even a left on left pairing with Jack Ashan. He was they were, they were really good together on a few shifts down there. Uh, you know, Fabian Lysel uh, was sort of in and out at the camp because he has a concussion uh, issues and. Um, 
know, he took some time off and then came back. Uh, are there any red flags after the con- concussion or the fact that he even mentioned burnout at the end of last season, his first pro season? Um, you know, is this guy still on track to be a top six legitimate forward in the league? And this is why I bumped him down to number two. Uh, this is yeah. probably the reason I bumped into number two. He's a great kid. Well, one of the things he said in the WHL of Vancouver, is, which kind of caught my eye, which you do and don't like to hear, is when the season ended, he was like, I'm kind of glad it's over. It was so long and whatever. But so I don't, I wasn't really thrilled with that answer. But he said that again, really. I mean, he got knocked out by Clendenning. That was a gross hit. I remember watching it live. Um, and the injuries, he was sick a few times this past year. He was injured on, a, he got another injury at the beginning of the year, but he, re, he recovered fine from that. And then after the World Juniors, he had a little bit of a block. But I have a lot of confidence in him. The way he handles the puck, uh, the way he, I think he needs to improve his shot uh, pretty pretty well. I think he, as he mentioned, the training for this offseason is going to be a bit slower because of the concussion, I think. But I, I have no idea if that's the case. If that is, then he's probably going to be in the AHL another season. Um but who knows? There are some openings on the right side. It's, I, they tried him a bit at center in Vancouver. It, it just didn't work. They didn't. I don't think they liked it. Um, so he's better off on the wing, left or right side. I prefer the right. But um, when it comes to him, he's very quick. He makes a lot of dangles. He loves to. He loves to challenge opponents. He. Lo- I'd like to see him make more slot passes. I, that's my thing. I love slot passes. They're my thing. That's one of the reasons why I love why they drafted Beckett Hendrickson, who we might get into later. Who. Who knows? But um, he was. He, if he improves his passing a bit, and if he improves his shot, you can have a real asset there. Well, that's hopefully uh, will be good to see uh, for the Bruins. Uh, another uh, guy who's uh, a really good passer, and we heard reports that he was uh, pretty good during the development camp was Matthew Poitra. And uh, is it an overreaction, uh, or is Poitra closer to being a pro than we think? Maybe. So because of the transfer agreement, he's, his two options are Boston or Guelph next season. So he can't go to the AHL. That's not an option. So if he has an unbelievable camp, they could consider him. What, that's like a 2% chance. That's probably not going to happen. And I think what they're going to want, as I think, I think Langenbrunner said this, not NATO. He said, if we want him as a center, which he is a center, and, and I think he'll be a center in the National Hockey League, is he needs to – they want him to be really solid defensively, and I think he was very solid defensively last year for Guelph. The thing is, is next year, if his scoring goes down in Guelph, when he, if he gets sent back to Guelph, which will likely happen, uh, he's probably going – his scoring could go down, and they were going to want him in more of a defensive role. And I'm, I, I won't bump him down the list if his scoring is really – like not, if it's really down, okay, something might have to get bumped down. But if it's just down by just a little – I, I, I'm not going to be – I won't be surprised. I think he's uh, he's wants to work on defense a bit, which I think I was really solid. He turned so much defense into offense last year for Guelph when they traded away uh, Sasha Pasajov and uh, Danny Jelkin. I got concerned because those were their two top other players on Guelph, and, he, and clearly he didn't care because he put up a, like way over a point per game once that once they were traded out. Cause I thought he was going to get traded too. There was a report by someone that he was, that they're blowing it up in Guelph. They, they I'm glad that they didn't trade him. He went absolutely berserk. He, he combined playoffs and regular season. He had a hundred points. Hmm. Um, you know, he had 79 assists. So, I mean, if it does drop off some, that 79 is a big lofty goal. Yeah. <laughs> it is, I mean, that's yeah. a lot of assists. I mean, that's a, a really good playmaker. And, 
And and Lord knows that the Bruins need a, a playmaking center. Uh, yeah, that's what he is. <clears throat> right. And I think yeah. that Krejci has been, but when Krejci was gone, that's something they really lacked with Bergeron and, and Coyle is that Bergeron, as great as he is, I wouldn't exactly you know term him a, a playmaking center. Uh, so I think someone like uh, Poitra is, uh, is someone that they're definitely going to need. Um, now, the Bruins added Morgan Geeky, Jesper Boyquist um, as potential centers. But if Bergeron retires, can Georgi Mukulov take the second-line center spot? So my issue with Merkulov at center is face-offs. He's not very good at the dot. Uh, he's he's like four. I think it's like 45, 48% last year in the AHL. I don't know what it was at Ohio State. Um, but if he, if you need him to fill that role, then that's fine. There's nothing really left besides the face-offs. He improved his defense. He, he was unbelievable offensively. That's 50 flows at like 55 points in 68 mm-hmm. games. As a rookie in the AHL, is very difficult. Like that's That's mm-hmm. hard to do. Um, even if, even if it's, he's at 22 from the NCAA, that's, that's not easy to do. So, um, when it comes to him, they can play him anywhere in the forward position. So uh, if he can step in, yeah, I think he can. Um, will he make it out of camp? I have no idea. Uh, it's going to be up to the coaching staff and Sweeney and whoever, but, um, he's not, he doesn't have much left to prove in the AHL in my opinion. You know, um, that's a quote from, uh, uh, Bruins Network, uh, Anthony. He, he's what he says too. As we've talked about him, it's, it's nothing really much for him to prove in the HL. He has a ridiculous shot. He is, needs to be used more. A lot of, my thing too is I think these guys need to shoot more and then pass more. I it's my thing, what I like to say. Um, but Merkulov, his he started to use it more when Letary got hurt. They put him on the right wing for the one-timer, and he scored so many times. It was just unbelievable to see him do it. They, they used it so much on the power play. You won't see him on, like, the penalty kill. He's not going to be that type of player. He's just going to be uh, – he's very slow with it. He, he'll skate if he needs to try and back check, but it's not – his defense isn't amazing, but he improved on it, I think, last season. Well, that's it's good to hear. Uh, but after the top four, so after, you know, Lowry, Lysel, uh, Poitra, and, and – um, who am I forgetting? Uh, Merkulov. Merkulov. Um, there's Beecher, Harrison, Brandon Bussey. Does anyone stand out that has made strides or could be a factor sooner rather than later? Like, is there a next group there that can maybe be a factor? If someone like, you actually didn't mention him. If someone like, if someone, if Luke Toporowski makes a big jump next season, you're going to probably see him get a call up, which is a big, a lot of people might not agree with me there, but he led the uh, Providence Bruins in goals for 60 minutes. Uh, So that was, and that's doing it as a rookie. He came right out of the WHL and just immediately shot up. He was, he had like 29 points in 40 some games. I, I I think he's a candidate in the top, and he's not going to be a fourth-line guy, in my opinion, because he's doing this at, like, 20. He did that at, like, 20 and 21 last season, maybe 22. Um, um, but I like him a lot. Beecher's going to be a great penalty killer. He's very fast. He's very fast. He has some puck handling issues, and his shot's not great. But he will shoot it here and there. Like, uh, he, he had a Beecher in Michigan. He had, like, seven breakaways in like three games or something like that. And he didn't hit on any of them. So there's a concern there. Um, Danny pie so, hands. So yeah, he's a new exactly. Thomas. No, there you go. Yeah. So, yeah. And he could, I mean, I think there's a possibility he could fill his role. I, they're running out of time with Beecher. He's a first rounder. He, he's right. gonna, they're going to want to see him in the show soon. Right. So, 
Um, but when it comes to his development, if they one thing they did last season with him is uh, they they played him on the wing a lot, and I didn't like him on the wing. I liked him at center because he wins so many faceoffs. But as you mentioned, Thomas Nosek, Nosek's not extremely fast. Beecher will fly by everyone. I remember in the preseason he went 200 feet for an empty net goal and it was made everyone look silly. So mm. I'm not, sh- I'm, I'm not sure if he'll make it out of camp, to be honest, if he's going to have to push again, which I think he pushed pretty hard last season um, in the preseason in a camp. So um, it's 50, 50 for him and me, what I would say for Beecher. You know, the thing about the Bruins is they loved Thomas Nosek because of his penalty killing. You know, he was, you know, he was disciplined in his own end and all that stuff. So I think if they, they like that type of player, I think they'll give Beecher every shot um, to do it, especially as like a fourth line center. And if he has that kind of speed, which is more than a hell of a lot more than Nosek ever had. And if he can win faceoffs and kill penalties, then I say that's a great, you know, that's a great low cost option. Even if he only scores six or eight goals. I mean, Nosek didn't do much better. So I think if they liked him, I think that Beecher could be a better version of Nosek if he can, if he can skate. Yeah. Uh, the issue with the issue with Beecher is the question. I should say the question with him is in the NHL is the scoring. I think he did fine yeah. in the AHL last year. Wasn't through the roof, but he was, he was like a middle six guy in the AHL last year, but the AHL really the top three lines, the time on ice is really the same. So it's not right. really uh, not much you can see there, but uh, when it comes when it comes to him, they could they could have him fill that role. We have no idea. It's, he, he's going to push hard because he said last season he wanted to wants to make the team, and he didn't. Right. But that's okay. So he developed in the AHL, which I thought he did fine with, especially on the penalty kill. So he's he's going to push. You know, you mentioned the Bruins near near or at the bottom in the prospect rankings, uh, where is a realistic ranking? Because I know you rate them a little higher. What's a realistic ranking for the Bruins now, you think? Um, yeah, it's – I I get this question here and there. Uh, if I had to, it would be like mid, probably mid-20s, I feel like. There's a lot of guys that I think – a lot of people like to use this thing called NHLE. It just kind of just values just points. doesn't value any defense. doesn't value what right. they do. Playmaking block shots—that's doesn't just values points. That's it, and they use that's what a lot of analytics guys use. And I love analytics. As I said, I said Toporowski goals per sixty, but when it comes to that type of analytic, I'm not a huge fan of it. So, um, I'd say like mid, it, it varies here and there. Like with Lysel going to number two for me, it's and people, not a ton of people know Mason Lorai's name because uh, coming into the draft when they drafted, no one knew him. So. When it, you, the higher value of these prospects than the, the points they put up, unfortunately, what people look at now, a lot of the time, uh, the higher they, the list will be, their prospect ranking will be in, throughout the NHL. Hmm. I thought that was you next, Matt. Oh. <laughs> uh, how would you grade the Bruins draft? Anyone you liked in there? You mentioned uh, Beckett Hendrickson. Um, I really liked him. Uh, he's going to be another. He's he's bigger. He I think the Bruins will want they're going to want him as a center, but I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't think he took many faceoffs. I can look if you want, but he was more of a, he was more on the wing. I believe could be wrong on that. Uh, but at the NTDP, he was used heavily on the penalty kill. Uh, he's he's a bigger guy. Um, um, he loves to make slot passes. He loves to make high danger passes to set up plays. He's he's huge on that. Um, there's a graphic out there um, that says like 
like his slot passes are the top and like the USHL or something like that. It's crazy where he likes to pass the puck. Yeah. I think he has an underrated shot uh, as well. Uh, he really, he, he has this little toe drag movie mad one time that I think was pretty cool. Um, but someone else in the draft I liked that they took who was passed on twice. I actually wrote once in the blog. I meant to write twice. Uh, it was Ryan Walsh. Uh, he's going to Cornell this season. He's the question with him is they feel like his offense will translate, but the skating might not, which is, that's concerning in a way. If, if that, if his skating starts to get, if he starts to get pushed around a lot in the NCAA, he's not going to put up the points. He's going to get down on himself. He's not going to, it's, it's, it won't, it won't go well. Um, and then obviously, uh, but he, he, I think, I think he'll be a good player for Cornell. Cornell's, uh, actually produced, they had a few NCAA free agents last season, I believe. So, hmm. uh, obviously one of them you might've heard of was Chris Pelosi. I had hmm. no idea about this kid. <laughs> right. 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 Um, right. he was, uh, played in both the NAHL, the NAL, they call it, um, mm-hmm. and the USHL. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't have a ton of assists, which was interesting, but he, there was one play, it was a play he likes to do. I tweeted it once or twice where he does this board pass along the boards. It's a dish and it like kind of fools the defenders when he comes up the ice on the rush. And then it usually turns into a two on one. He loves to make that play. He did it actually at development camp, which was so interesting. So, I have. I'm not really sure what to make of him. It's. It is similar to the lore I picked because no one. He was ranked seventh round or something crazy like that. So was Pelosi, mm-hmm. and and we're just gonna have to wait and see. He's gonna play big minutes mm-hmm. next year for Sioux Falls with Beckett Hendrickson. Mm-hmm. Actually, they're gonna be on the right. same team next season in the USHL. So that'll be a team to watch if you want to watch prospects. They'll mm-hmm. probably both be in their top six. What, what I don't get is, you know, why at 92? Like, I mean, if you really like the guy who is ranked like 267 central scouting, like if you really like him, take him at 124 or 188. Or, but why that high? It's just I, kind of my I really mind don't mind. know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the same thing happened with Lori, as I said, in 2020, right. he was ranked so low. And now right. he's their, he's like their top prospect. Yeah. So right. it yeah. turned out well. Cool. So if they see something there, that means they've been scouting him for a while, even maybe in the null. I have no clue how much sure. they've been scouting him, sure. but they really see something in him. I'm not sure what it is. His skating is not bad. He's mm. got a good shot, uh, mm. but I don't know. Obviously he's, he had like six assists and that was it. Um, right. So the playmaking needs to improve it here and there. I, I haven't really looked into his analytics that much for like slot passes and, um, defense and all that. So I still have to, have to work on that, but I, mm. I still don't really know what to know. Pick. We'll know more next season if we'll jump up in the rankings or go down. Right. Sure. Uh, well, Robert, we really appreciate you hanging with us and, and uh, giving this like, great insight on the other uh, prospects. The Bruins fans love the prospect talk and so do we. So we appreciate yeah, you being best. on the pod. Yeah. We appreciate you. you being on the pod and you can follow Robert at Ivan, Ivan, Ivan on Twitter. And he does some really great prospect uh, stuff and information. And uh, we appreciate you ha- uh, having you on there, Robert. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It was a blast. All right. Sure. Thanks a lot, Robert. All right. Thank you, my friend. All right. Thank you. All right. So that's uh, interesting to hear some of the insight because Robert was there. You know, he, he's been following these guys, watching tons of video, and uh, he really gets into the prospects. And to hear some of the talk about, you know, certain guys and their weaknesses and why mm-hmm. they kind of, you know, slip down or slide up. The guy that he mentioned, Toporowski, that's the guy. And you know, I did a quick top 10, and, and I didn't put him there because. 
you know, he's undrafted and it's just, he, he's kind of undersized. And um, I just don't know what to make of him. He had 15 goals in Providence and he, you know, he mentioned the goals per 60 minutes, like, uh, but I just don't know what to make of the guy because I don't know if he's a late bloomer type or if he's just going to be one of those four a guys. It's, yeah. I mean, uh, he had a really good, he had a really good camp for them last year. I remember right. like in yeah. preseason with the Bruins and uh, right. in camp and, and scored some goals in camp and then, uh, you know, went down to the AHL and kind of lit it up. I mean, he's got a pretty yeah. good shot and he's and he's a little fast and he's a little feisty. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I kind of like him and I like the fact that they signed him to the two year deal because before he was kind of on a, you know, it was an, either an AHL deal or like a, mm. you know, some kind of tryout or something. Uh, yeah. where he wasn't really Bruins property yet. So I was glad that they right. locked him up because I, I think he can add something. And I, I agree with Robert. I think, um, you know, if he starts off in the hot in the AHL, I don't think he'll make the team out of, make the Bruins right. out of out of camp. But if he starts off hot there out of, um, out of uh, um, you know, camp and, and, and in the AHL, you know, he'll get a call up at some point to the Bruins, sure. I think. Yeah, I think he will too. And and especially with some indecision in the bottom six and so forth. And, you know, we'll see what happens there. But he's been climbing the charts after being undrafted. And, um, you know, we'll see what he brings. He's kind of an X, a little bit of an X factor, I guess, coming into the season. Uh, all right. Seven Chirps are sponsored by Lobster Brewing. Lobster Brewing and Tasting Room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. It's open seven days a week. Use the coupon code SPORTS to get 10% off your online order. Go to lobsterbrewing.com. Follow them at Lobster for new beers and events. Chirp number one, Fabian Lysel felt burnt out during his first pro season, then suffered a concussion. Uh, and you heard Robert talk about how Lysel was happy that the Vancouver season was over <laughs> that year. Any cause for concern here with, I guess, Fabian Lysel's, uh, uh, I don't know, you know, kind of burnout capabilities? Yes, I think there is cause for concern. Um, yeah. I think because of... You know, you kind of want guys that that want to play and want to get better. And does he have the drive necessary to make it to the NHL? And obviously, the concussions are are an issue because uh, if that continues, that could derail you know his progress, his progress and and progression at any point just because of you know multiple concussions. That's something you have to worry about. Um, right. You know. Because it could it could shorten your career or end your career at some point. You know, look at Rick Nash. He was here with the Bruins for a short time, got mm-hmm. a couple of concussions, and and decided to hang it up. Um, mm-hmm. Andre Kasha was with the Bruins too mm-hmm. and had the concussion problems, and and they ended up shipping him out. So that alone could derail you. Never mind sure. you not necessarily being uh, wanting to play all the time. I mean, I I, I understand <laughs> right. if you know oh, you go yeah. from. You know, you go right from the WHL to Providence and you're just playing hockey year round and you need a break. I get that. Um, But, you know, if if that kind of you don't really have the drive and the and the want to to improve and get better and and make it to the NHL, you certainly aren't going to get there. So that that is a concern to me going forward. 
Yeah, and you've seen, I mean, you live in Foxborough, you've seen it, you see the, the guys who play the men's league, or Brian mm-hmm. Boyles of the world, like, they go play men's league yeah. in Foxborough because they just love to play hockey. They mm-hmm. can't stop playing hockey. Like, they play in some rinky-dink rink. Sure. Like, they're million-dollar players, mm-hmm. and they're in there playing an adult hockey league. Like, the thing about Lysel, and, and I also saw on Twitter that someone who was there said, Lysel gave you the feeling at development camp sometimes, like, he was a little bit, you know, better than than that. Like he was a little like, you know, just kind of going out there and, and kind of irritated that he was there kind of thing, like in some of his body language and so forth. But look, I mean, he's talented. And if you're talented enough, then you'll get, of course, he's going to get every opportunity as a first rounder. They need to hit on this guy. Um, but again, if he doesn't work out and if there are these types of issues are real, then you have to think about what what are we doing as far as background checks with these guys and getting into the to the real nuts and bolts of it. Do, they, do you have the heart to do you have the desire to be an NHL hockey player? Do you want to do it for 15 years? Like, do you want is this what you do? Mm-hmm. So, you know, hopefully Lysel, you know, first of all, avoids the concussion syndrome and and doesn't and that isn't a recurring issue. Um but other than that, like sort of the drive, like you said. So hopefully that uh, comes to be. Uh, chart number two, should the Bruins have tried to sign Philippe Zadina? He signs a one-year, $1.1 million deal with San Jose. He's a former sixth overall pick, still only 23 years old, and he ends up with San Jose. Yeah, I mean, I, they probably should have. I mean, maybe they did try in the background, and we just didn't hear anything about it. Um, you know, I'm sure it part of it is opportunity. San Jose, you know, not a great team, can offer them a lot more opportunity than the Bruins could. So uh, that probably has something sure. to do with it. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, I hope the Bruins tried to sign them. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, like we've talked about before, they don't have a ton of draft picks coming up. Their organizational depth uh, prospect pool is not great. So they do need to kind of think outside the box, sign some of these guys, maybe that might be a reclamation project from another team or your undrafted free agents like Toporowski and, you know, other guys. So, um, yeah, hopefully they tried to sign him and, and, um, you know, uh, I guess he ends up with San Jose and, and, you know, hopefully the Bruins aren't looking back and saying, geez, we could have had him. Uh, down the yeah, line. I mean, I, I would imagine they, they probably kicked the tires on it. I would think you would, as you said, like the Bruins are in a position where you kind of have to do your due diligence with all these guys, uh, especially college free agents, you know, McLaughlin and Bussy and in mm-hmm. mid twenties guys like geeky and Boquist. And you, you're right. You, you have to hit on some of these guys because you don't have any draft picks. Like you don't have, you, you have very few to, to none, especially high picks coming down the pipeline. So you, you have to, sort of, you know, replenish your prospect pool with guys probably 22, 23, 24 years old. Like you gotta, you gotta kind of take a swing at, you know, guys like this sixth overall pick, you know, didn't pan out somewhere. You know, Pavel Zaka is a good uh, you know example of that 25 years old, high draft pick really didn't, you know, reach his potential early on. But maybe again, he matures and he he's been good for them. And that was a great pickup. It was great. It was great uh, forecasting by them to go ahead and get him. So they have to do it um, with just about anybody who comes available. Uh, Chirp three uh, Bruins are releasing their 100th centennial all time team. Who's on your all time Bruins team? 
All right. Uh, so I, I've gone through and, and, and looked at it. And our teams are very, very similar. I think our okay. line shakeups are just a, little, a slightly different. And, yeah. I, and, then, and then a few ones I threw in just because they're newer guys. And, and uh, you know, the fans now would probably know who they are a little bit more. So <laughs> right. uh, uh, I'm going Busick, Esposito, Neely on my first line. Yeah. Okay. I'm keeping Marshan, Bergeron, and Pasternak together for line two. So they're gonna they got the perfection lines perfection gonna line. yeah okay. gonna stay together. I'm going Wayne Cashman, David Krejci, and Nifty Rick Middleton on okay. line three. Uh, line four: Ken Hodge, Milch Schmidt, and Terry O'Reilly. That's okay. a good line right there for a fourth yep. line. Kidding oh, me? Yeah, good line, Jesus. Uh, yep. Or Bork, Oren Bork, yep. uh, Chara, and McAvoy. I'm gonna throw. Charlie oh, McAvoy in there. McAvoy in yeah. Okay. So McAvoy and Chara uh, together again. And then Eddie Shore and Dick Clapper, uh, mm-hmm. you know, from, yeah. from the good old days. And then, numbers, uh, yeah. yeah, Tuca. Yeah. And I'm going with Jerry Cheevers as Tuca's backup. Okay. You're going with Cheevers. Okay. Yeah. So How about I you? Went, uh, I went Busick, Espo, Middleton okay. uh, on the top line. Yeah. Then I went Marcian, Bergeron, Neely. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which Neely, uh, you know, that's a, that's a, line to be reckoned with. Sure. Then I went Cashman, Oates, and Pasternak. I gave Oates the nod over Krejci, um, and I went back and forth on this a million times, and Oates only played with him five years. He did, yeah. But man, were they five friggin' good years. Yeah, I mean, he, he had an, uh, that that season I mean, he had in, like, what was it, 88, 89 or something like yeah, that? Or, 39 goals when, uh, yeah. There, there was a year that Neely, Neely was hurt. Yeah, much. he had 142 yeah. points that year, Jesus which was, Christ. yeah. I yeah. mean, an unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable season. He had two yeah. how, over 100-point seasons in a row for the Bruins there right? Uh, and was really, I mean, really you know, good. When you, ta- when you talk about Gretzky, of course, the number one playmaker ever is Gretzky. Sure. Uh, and then you have, like, you know, Lemieux. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Oates is up there as far as playmaking centers that ever play the game. Yeah, just, like, just, just if you want to – yeah, if you talk about just pure passing – yeah. Oates has got to be there. I mean, oh, he, he fed he fed Neely. He fed yeah. Brett Hull for a long time. I mean, oh Brett God, Hull had, you know, whatever, 700 goals or something, you yeah. know, 600 goals, yeah. whatever it is. So, yeah. and a lot of those are assists from Oates. So the guy yeah. knows how to pass and knows how to get people open to score sure. goals. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, not a bad pick you at play all. With, you play with Eisenman early on. Sure. I mean, he was a Red Wing yeah. early on, too. I mean, Jesus. I mean, but he just was fantastic passer. So I had Cashman, Oates, and... Pasternak there, and then I had Hodge, Schmidt, and O'Reilly like you did on the fourth line. I had Oren Bork. I had Dallas Smith and Chara. Dallas Smith played a long, long time with him. It was like mm-hmm. a plus, you know, 5,000. Yeah. Like he just, he was like a plus, a ridiculous plus mm-hmm. minus. He did, he on was. A really, obviously, on a team stacked of Hall of Famers. Yeah. Uh, and then Shore and Clapper like you did. And I had Rask and Tiny Thompson. I looked at Cheever's numbers because someone brought it up on Twitter that he was, he was overrated. And I looked at his numbers, and his numbers do kind of – give the illusion that he's probably a little overrated. He is. They aren't like astoundingly good, but Jesus, I mean, he, he won cups and he's, uh, he's up there too. So, and I don't know tiny Thompson from a hole in the head. No, so, I just know that he, you know, was yeah. really good. So that's why I put Cheevers on because he won right. the cups and he was part of that, uh, you know, big bad Bruins team of the seventies. Yeah, I looked at right. the numbers too. And if you didn't have tiny Thompson already, I would have put him on my list. So, I yeah. mean, I would have picked him. Because right. I think he is the second best goalie in Bruins history after Rask. Yeah. But yeah. 
Cheevers had the cup, so uh, and I just you know want. I mean, our lists are almost identical, so I wanted to have. I wanted to have a little, you know, a little something, a little variation there. So I I took Cheevers because otherwise we would have both had Thompson. So right, you know, I I did a quick look at like a like honorable mention type guys, Mm -hmm. and it was like Glenn Murray had like. Big points for he them. He did. He was here twice for them. Yeah. Jason Allison. Jason Allison. That's a game player. He did. For them. Yeah. I mean, then you have your guy, a guy like Barry Peterson. You have, yeah. you know, Joe Juno. Yeah. You have Brad. Garen. Yeah. Garen had two good, like really good years with them. Yeah. I mean, Brad yeah. Park, you could put in yeah. uh, defensively. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah. So yeah, uh, there were guys like Joseph Stumple who had much more points than I thought he ever had. Yeah, uh, he had some he had some good years for them too. I mean, there's some there's been some guys who, you know, who put together. But Jason Allison stuck out to me as a guy that was legitimately a point per game player for them. And, yeah, uh, and I remember him being you know good you know, on a team that was, you know, they they had a couple teams there in the late nineties with Anson Carter that was. They made the playoffs. Um, yeah, it was Glenn Allison Murray, was Jason Allison, Anson Carter, like those yeah. teams. Yeah, they were yeah. they were fine. Yeah, they were fine. But Allison was be- better than I thought. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was you know, for them, uh, and his injuries were were killer. But uh, he put up put up a lot of good points. So, uh, so that's your that's my centennial and your centennial all time. Bruins teams. Uh, chirp four. Mark McLaughlin signs a one-year two-way deal for seven hundred seventy-five thousand. He turns twenty-four on the twenty-sixth of July. Any shot he takes the fourth-line spot, and then Ian Mitchell avoids arbitration with a one-year one-way seven hundred seventy-five thousand-dollar deal. Is that the Clifton replacement? Uh, so the first part, McLaughlin. I like the deal. Um, I think he'll probably, he didn't have a great year last year in the AHL. So I feel like he'll probably start there again and, you know, maybe he can put together a little bit of a better season, a more consistent season. I think he started to come on a little bit at the end, but maybe he was, he was, uh, unhappy that he didn't make the Bruins out of camp because he certainly looked like he deserved it, uh, through the preseason, uh, he was playing really well, and and you know they he they sent him down anyways, and I think it was a salary cap thing, but mm-hmm. um, you know maybe he kind of sulked there a little bit, and mm-hmm. um, it, it hurt his development maybe. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm like I like that fact that he's back in the mix, and um, hopefully he has a really good year in the AHL, and and mm-hmm. you know maybe we'll get a call up at some point. As mm-hmm. for um, Mitchell, um, I think he's probably going to be more like the you know, like the sixth, seventh, eighth guy. I think it's like going to be Saboral. Of yeah. This unless, unless, you know, Shattenkirk is awful. I right. think he's going to be on, he's going to be the six. He's going to take Clifton, Clifton spot, you know, mm-hmm. unless he's like Antron Strom and it's just cashed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's going to be Shattenkirk and, you know, Forbort, if Forbort's still mm-hmm. here. And then, yeah. you know, Lynn Tolton, Carlo and, and McAvoy mm-hmm. and Grizzlick is what it looks like. And then you have Zaboral and, and Mitchell as your, as your seventh and eighth D, you know, one mm-hmm. for each side. So I think that's probably what will end up happening. Um, but, you know, maybe there's an injury, you know, maybe Shattenkirk is cashed and, and he steps in there. But I don't think he's going to take Clifton's spot, uh, at least right out of the gate. Yeah, and, and you know, Shattenkirk and Forboard, I don't mind that pairing as like a kind of a little bit more rugged pairing there. I, we talked we talked about this with the, you know, the need for a little more physicality in the defensive core. 
especially in your bottom pair. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about Ferentz and McQuaid and what they did in 11 uh, for them. And I, and I think they need to, I need, they need to go back to that. Yeah. Um, and they, they have too many kind of puck movers. They fell in love with that a little bit. And I need to, I think they need to get away from it, at least in the bottom pair. And I think Shattenkirk and Forbort hopefully will provide some defense, some physicality, a little bit of assholery, you know, just, you know, it's a little bit, a uh, little bit more of that. Uh, Chirp five, former Bruin, Nick Felino says game seven benching will never sit well with him during his recent appearance on the Cam and Strick podcast. Was this warranted? I, yeah, it was. I mean, he was playing pretty well coming down the coming down the stretch, uh, but it was a numbers game, and I don't fault the management for taking him out of the lineup. I mean, it's it was in in our eyes or in my eyes, anyways. It was between him and Frederick, and Frederick had a really good year too. So I think Frederick stays in. Frederick's younger. Um, you know, maybe in Game Seven you want the experience. That could be a second guess. Um, but if I'm Felino, yeah, I'm pissed. I'm a, I'm a veteran. I'm a captain. I've been through the playoffs. I've been through the wars. And you're a competitor. So I don't want a guy who's saying, no, I'm, I'm really happy they didn't play me in game seven. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, yeah, I, I really enjoy the popcorn on the ninth floor. Uh, you know, they got yeah. some good snacks up there. Yeah. So so I'm, 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 I have no problem with the way he reacted to it. Because if I had a guy on my team, that's the way I'd want him to react to it. Because um, he's a professional and a competitor and, and, you know, the type of guy you, you know, you want on your team. So I don't, I don't really have any problem with, with, um, with what he did or, or how he handled himself there. Yeah, I don't either. And he he came back from a brutal year the year before. He 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 performed pretty well. He got hurt a little bit late in the year. Um, and like you said, it just came down to who they decided. I don't think they lost because Nick Foligno wasn't in there. Like I wouldn't really second guess that as a reason why they lost. I think they lost the friggin' thing in Game Five. To be honest with you, they gave the momentum right back. Mm-hmm. Shuffled up the lines. Bergeron yep. came back. He wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. And that was the downfall, to be honest. And then the goalies got all fucked up again. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it was like last year with the goalies, and this guy's a little dinged up. And this, you know, it was like Rask all over again, playing with a dinged up hip. Like, it was just kind of a mess the last three games. And I don't mind Nick Foligno saying that. I mean, he's a veteran, like you said, and he's he's a gamer, and he's he wants to be there. He was a big leader in the room as they say so um you know i guess you know good you know it's good for him that he's still in the league and hopefully with chicago he can i mean making four million bucks yeah how about that contract wow when i saw that i was like are you and then i thought well they get into the the cap floor and all that but holy christ give somebody else four million yeah Yeah, i mean give like a 30 year old for yeah maybe that's the (laughs) maybe that's the leadership you know they want to teach yeah bedard and and some of those young guys you know the right way to do things and so forth and and you got to pay for leadership i guess yeah, I guess. I guess. Wow. I mean, I guess Chicago though has some. I mean, they have some deep rooted issues there. They, they do. Need a, they they do. need a cleansing of. of yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> you know, they so do. they they need to go in that direction for sure. No doubt. Chirp uh, six. Trent Frederick and Jeremy Swayman each file for arbitration. Any chance either of these get to arbitration? Um, and the Boquist signing happens, and people are questioning if that has anything to do with Frederick's status. Hmm, that's interesting because I think, you know, it, that's a possibility. I mean, yeah. maybe Frederick's looking for more than the Bruins can afford or can offer. I mean, he is mm-hmm. coming off a career year, so he's probably looking for more than than they're willing to spend. Um, 
you know, the, I think maybe Dominic Tiano or somebody else put out there a pretty good list of all the guys right around Frederick's career point totals and their contracts they're on, and they're all under $2 million a year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, Frederick, if he's looking for north of two million, maybe the Bruins are are looking to you know maybe move on, and maybe mm-hmm. that had something to do with the Boquist signing, or maybe it has something to do with the fact that Bergeron's not coming back, and they need more right. center depth. <clears throat> uh, either one of those, right. either one of those uh, options, I'm not particularly fond of. No. Uh, <laughs> with Boquist no. being the center depth that replaces Patrice Bergeron, I mean, it won't be him that replaces Bergeron, no. but uh, that center depth, uh, yeah, is, you know, but they it need it. It could be geeky. It yeah, be, yeah, it probably, know, it probably will be, you know, geeky or Coil, Coil. or, uh, yeah. you know, Yikes. Zaka, some combination of that, yeah. um, really, that replaces him. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure, really, that... Um, you want either of those cases to get to arbitration because usually that ends badly for both the team and the player. The the team is is basically saying you're not worth what you want to be paid, and the player's mm-hmm. saying I should be paid this much because I've been doing all this stuff. Uh, and then whoever wins and loses, the other one is mad about it because the other mm-hmm. one won and the other one lost. So. Right. Uh, going to arbitration and actually hearing the number uh, is never good for either side. So hopefully these get settled uh, prior to that. Um, but it is something to, uh, you know, to be aware of and, and to be looking at to, to see what happens maybe with Frederick if he, uh, if he gets awarded more than, you know, the ruins are looking to spend. Yeah, July 30 for Fred, uh, for uh, Swayman and August 1st for Freddie. So a couple of weeks out now and, you know, we'll see if there's any movement at all on either either one of those players. Um, and then chirp number seven, Bruce Cassidy on the Greg Hill Show says that he doesn't blame the veterans on the Bruins for not sticking up for him before getting fired. Takes the high road. Could the vets such as Bergeron have saved him? It's, it's a possibility that they could have saved him, but I, I really don't think... Uh, at that point in time that that was the right thing to do like we we all agreed that um, at the time that we wouldn't have fired Cassidy like you and you and I both said we wouldn't have done it Um, but the 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 message seemed to be getting stale with the number of guys so if there was you know one or two guys in the leadership core that you know He's are still, you know, buying in and are on brand. That doesn't do anything for you. That doesn't do anything for the no. team. You need everybody to buy in. So if right. they're missing more than half the team, you know, you have to make a change. And sure. and you know, guys' messages run stale after a certain amount of time. And and that's what happened with the Bruins. It was time for Cassidy to move on. He went to the perfect spot at a great location with a with a great team and a committed ownership group. And uh, and you know uh, got Eichel to to buy in uh, to the to the system and and play a two hundred foot game and um, mm-hmm. you know Mark Stone plays a great two hundred foot game they have a lot of talented guys Peter Angelo and sure. you know Machiso and yeah. so um, you know he kind of went into a good situation and then found the hot goaltender and and rode it to a Stanley Cup so you know great for Cassidy but uh, I don't I really don't think that um, you know. The, the Bruins veterans really could have saved him here. Yeah, I don't think so. And it, I mean, they basically, the Bruins said there's, there's just too many guys that are unhappy uh, and they wanted to keep the players. And, and we've seen with Don Sweeney, he's not 
someone who wants to get away from this core. He's going to wring every ounce of moisture (laughs) from this core. Like it's insane. Like, you know, even Hall goes before anybody else in the core. Like he's going to take every, he didn't want to trade Grizzly. He didn't want to, he doesn't like to make risky moves. He doesn't like to make moves that are risk reward uh, that could fail. Like he is very cautious in that way. Now, whether that is detrimental or is working or whatever, that's up for debate. Um, I'd like to see him a little, take a little bit more risk. I'd like, I would have liked to see him be a little more creative this off season um, and, and, and create a little more space and maybe get another good player, but maybe I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and think that there's a plan for next off season. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. If next off season comes and there's still not a lot of really great, high-end moves or a lot of creativity, then I'll blast them. Like it's, it's, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's just sucking the life out of this core right now. And, 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 and alas, we still wait for Bergeron and Krejci to make a decision. Like it's just, mm-hmm. can we, can we just get it going? Can we move on? Um, or, or, you know, Bergeron, you know, decide you're staying, uh, but just make a decision. Uh, all right, DraftKings Sportsbook, Boston's hometown sportsbook is live right here in Massachusetts. Bet local on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home with DraftKings. To celebrate, all new customers will receive up to $200 in bonus bets when you sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook using a code ITR. You can now bet local on money line spreads, props, and more with one of America's top-rated sportsbooks. That's DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and sign up with the code ITR to get up to $200 and bonus bets to use now that mobile sports betting is live in Massachusetts. That's code ITR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If your or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, call 800-327-5050 or visit helplinema.org to speak with a trained specialist free and confidentially 24-7, 21 plus, physically present in mass, eligibility restrictions apply, subject to regulatory licensing requirements, eligibility and deposit restrictions apply, opt-in required, Bonus issued as free bets terms at DraftKings.com slash M-A. All right, time for Benders in the News. We talk about some Benders outside of the world of hockey. Uh, we need a sponsor for this. Uh, we do. Wonderful thing. Um, Maybe here's one. I, <laughs> I chopped off my finger. Now I'm removing skin to look like an alien. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. New procedure in mind to enhance his alien devil look. Marcelo B-Boy, in quotations, D'Souza <laughs> Ribeiro, 40 years old, 40, not like 20, 40, who has not been 14. the most modified man in the world, has decided to remove the excess skin and muscle from his hands. Just remove it. The excess, yeah. there's no excess skin yeah, on your no, hands. On your hands. It covers your hands. <laughs> no, that's, that's necessary. <laughs> that's not yeah. excess. That's not extra. There's no, no extra skin on your hands. Yeah. You want to take a little extra skin, you can take a little of this off me. Yeah. Like, yeah okay. Like the gullet. Yeah, the, a little uh, gullet. The fucking gobbler. You take a little, yeah. take a little of the yeah. turkey gobbler oh, off yeah. Smitty. Oh, you take absolutely. a little of that. I'm getting yeah. up there in age. Shave that right off. Take a little yeah. of that, but not off my sure. hands. I'll keep no. my hands as they are. Thank you very much. No. And they R- and he chopped his own finger off too. Was he yeah. Ronnie Lott? Ribeiro R- R- is also covered in nearly fifteen hundred tattoos. That Imagine is how much money that costs. Fifteen hundred tattoos 
And he said he began the process in February by removing excess oil and fat from the sides of his left hand in a bid to make it slimmer. Yeah. Muscle and <laughs> so he, he's, he's just doing a little liposuction from the hands yeah. there on his own. Yeah. On his own. On his own. Do yeah. you think? Do you think all those tattoos were done in a tattoo parlor? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> or with over the over the sterilized needle? I don't no. think so. I think you're doing. Uh, do I think he was. Tattoos. I think he was just jabbing himself with like a pen. Yeah, that's do it yourself. Uh, he spent roughly thirty six thousand nine hundred forty five dollars on the transformation oh over the years. That's not including the tattoos. Can you imagine the money? What does this guy do for a living? <laughs> Like, right? does he work at this? Does he work at the circus? As like a, as like a trip somewhere. As like a, as like with a bearded, bearded lady and the, yeah. and the, you know, yeah, I don't know, the trapeze people. <laughs> I don't. Know. The alien man. Yeah, the, the alien, alien man at the circus. Like, he, he works at a, he's like at a carnival. Yeah, what a pair. Oh my wow. god. Uh, hey, a TikTok video purporting to show a DoorDash driver uh, in Texas swearing at a customer over a $5 tip she gave him went viral. So a $5 tip is, is acceptable for a $20 pizza? <laughs> you got five bucks and he was pissed. For a $20 pizza? $20 pizza. $20 tab, $5 tip. That's that's pretty good. That's twenty five percent, is it not? Yeah, it, it is. That's an excellent math by you on the phone. <laughs> Thank fly. you. Uh, I I was a, a DoorDash driver for a year or so, and I would be over the moon with a five dollar <laughs> tip for twenty dollar tab at Domino's or whatever. Okay, so the only question is the only question is this: it is yeah. like was did he pick the pizza up in like Providence and have to drive it to Boston? Well, that, that could, I mean, it, well, he's Cause, or like, or so like, he yeah, Boston, or like, yeah. or like yeah. pick it up in Dallas and have to drive it yeah. to San Antonio because that's worth more than five bucks. It is. Yeah, that, that's, that is worth more. Um, yeah, it, it shows a, it's uh, worth more than the pizza as a, as a matter of fact. Yeah, he's he's swearing at a customer over five dollar tip she gave him. I mean, it's probably it made viral. up. All the most yeah. of that shit's made up. I mean, it, it has to be. I, I, yeah. I mean, he told her, you know, he said, you know, F you. And, <laughs> and, uh, he was, he was unhappy. I'll tell you what, we talked about this the last, the Gen Zers, yeah. you know, they just, this is, this is their generation. They, they just accept, they just expect the moon. They really and do. All, and all the other planets. Yeah. Uh, at, at once. Um, Hey, Canada, hey, candy fans are shocked over the meaning of Twix. We talked about the meaning of spam. There's a meaning for a Twix. I love Twix. Yeah, Twix is one of the really good ones. Twix is one of my favorite candy bars, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. It's, I love me a Twix. Think, what do you think Twix stands for? I I, I could not tell you. Twin? Tw twin? Yeah. It, yeah? Did yeah. I get it? Twin? Twin. Uh, what are they? Uh, icicles, I don't know, the wafers, twin sticks, twin sticks, twin sticks. Okay, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Twin sticks, that yeah. makes sense. Twix is up there. I, I actually asked my basketball team what their favorite candy bar is between drills the other day. Yeah, and I had several Snickers, uh, and I had um, one kid said hundred grand, which I he immediately is getting more playing time. Yeah, there you go. Now, because uh, 100 grand is like one of my absolute all-time favorites. Uh, but Twix and Kit Kat, Reese's Cups, you know, I'm kind of a, you know, Milky Way. I'm kind of a, 
you know, just your normal solid candy bars. I think I'm call it's a good. Yeah, I mean, know, sure. I'm I like I I'm a, I'm a sweets guy, so I like all that stuff. To me yeah. though, to me Milky Way is down the list. Like that's a waste of time. Like just get yeah, a Snickers. Milky Way is a waste no, of time. No getting caramel? No, I mean, fine. It's fine. No. Like yeah. if there's no Snickers you must or eat the Three Musketeers. No, then, yeah, that's just yes, that's just nugget. If there's no, if yeah. there's, if there's, I'll eat it. Don't get me wrong. I like sweets, right. so I'll eat it. I'll yeah. eat a Milky yeah. Way. I'll eat a, three, sure. I'll th- eat a Three Musketeers. But sure. like, that's a waste of time. Like, what are you doing yeah. with that? Get a Snickers. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. like, you know, if all the Snickers are eaten, then you grab those. Yeah, yeah. You wait and you grab that right before you grab the Hershey bar. You know, because that's you know, just chocolate. Yeah. So yeah, so I, I, I'm I I'm a good. I'm a Twix guy though. I love Twix. Twix, oh, Snickers, Kit yeah. Kats. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. Give, give me give me the Twix for sure. Hey, one in twenty two people is a psychopath, and here's how you can spot them. Okay. So so one in twenty two people are a psychopath. Can you believe that? I mean, that's. So not, we're, 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 I mean, if I you, think that you know, I think like, that checks out. Eight hundred and thirty <laughs> Facebook friends. Yeah. So one in twenty-two of those people is a psychopath. Yeah, I think that checks out. Well, that's actually that does. That <laughs> I think that checks out. I could probably <laughs> rattle them off the top of my head. Right yeah, now. I mean, I'm thinking about uh, my my homeroom from high school. Yeah. Yeah, I think that checks yeah. out. There was at yeah. least there was I mean, there, there was probably at least one person in there that was an absolute nut job. Sure. Yep. Yeah. A- absolute nut nut job for sure. Mm-hmm. Um. And if you can't spot the psychopath, it's you. It's you. Yeah. It's like the, it's like the narcissist. <laughs> if you can't spot the narcissist, you're the narcissist. Yeah. Without, without a doubt. Yeah. I, you know, there's, there's different, uh, it starts in childhood. They say cruelty, to the animals, mm-hmm. refusal to obey, lack of empathy, spiteful, and aggressive behavior, lying, lower self-esteem, uh, learning difficulties, suicidal tendencies, you know, a lot of people who are, woe is me mm-hmm. a lot, mm-hmm. you know, that, that type of thing. Like yep. you're always hearing like, again, I'm, you know, everybody's against me. The mm-hmm. world sucks. Um, yeah. You know, that type of thing. And it's, and it's insufferable. And it's, it seems to me that there's more and more people like that. Like, it's just, it's just, it's just unbelievable to me, but social media brings them all out. They do. And that's the other thing. Sure. You know, um, and lastly, I removed my nose and nipples. Now I'm harassed in the streets. <laughs> I, removed, I wonder you know, why. I don't understand. Sir. You know, you're, take, you're taking the fucking shit out of your, you know, you're taking the skin off you and you're taking the oils out of your fucking veins and all that. Like, and now you're doing this. Like, I, I, I don't get what is wrong with people. Is that, is that like, guy, is, is this you? guy related to the other guy? Are they like brothers? I, Boy, he 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 should be. You know what this they should be? They should be cute. they should be identical hand twins. That's what they should be. Yeah, they should be. They should be. Uh, <laughs> over the last eleven years, this thirty-two-year-old Californian has spent eight thousand dollars on body modifications, including ribbed genita- genital implants, an intentionally branded chest, and ink everywhere from his ribs to his eyeballs. What? Man, he's tattooed tattooed his own chest, his own eyes. His gums. His own he, eyes? His own eyes and gums. Yeah. His own eyes. Yeah. I don't even want to stick his, my finger his, in my yeah, eye, yeah. never mind a needle. Oh, my God. Fuck me. Yeah. People yeah, are, I mean, whatever. I, I mean, whatever. He's probably a, a nice fellow. And he, yeah, you know. I know. I mean, 
this is what my father would say. How do you get a job? Like, how do you, yeah. you go to an interview I mean, with your nose yeah. cut off? And you, you know, did you cut your nose off to spite your face? Yeah, I like, think you, you might have. You just walk in the Hannaford and you're like, hey, I heard you had a job available. And they're like, where's your nose? <laughs> where's what your nose? What happened to your nose? Are you, are, you pay, are you using this job to pay for your 1,500 tattoos? Like, for the love. I mean, oh, God. I don't think you can hire them at Hannaford, can you? It's like, no. He's like scaring the customers. No. Like a little you know, old lady. Saying. Can you imagine a little old lady goes around the corner and she's looking for a yeah. can of, you know, corn or beans or something. Right. And there's this yeah. guy stocking the shelves. She'd probably have a heart attack and die right there in aisle three. Dead. You know, when we were, we were at the grocery store, didn't they have to cut the guys cover up the ear- earrings? Remember yeah. That? Yeah. They had to like put tape on the earrings. Yeah. Band-aid or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Band-aid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you couldn't have an earring in. So if you forgot it. You had to like, you know, you had to wear, you know, you had to have your hair a certain way. And this guy would have an ace bandage over his entire face. Oh, he would right. look like I mean, he would he look couldn't... like a a mummy, mummified person just walking around <laughs> with just eye holes peering out at you. And who knows? And who, who knows? Maybe the top of his eyelids say, "I'll kill you," right. or like "fuck right. off" or something on top <laughs> of his eyelids. Right. <laughs> right. And he just yeah. he's just blinking at you and like swearing at you, and it's just wow, it's a scene. Oh my god. It's yeah. a scene. Do you want paper or plastic? I got, uh, yeah, like, well, like, you're, you're not going to say fuck off. Like, I don't know. I don't know. What I, I don't want. know if I want you back in my yeah. groceries. You don't have any skin on your hands. No. So, no. so, yeah. So I don't know if I want any blood on my, you know, on my, on my apples. Thanks. No. I'll tell you what. The, the, I'll tell you what. The the benders on the news it writes itself. Like it's just it really I have to weed out a few. Like yeah. I had like fifteen people. Yeah, and I weeded them out. Took the best of the rest. Uh, all right. Go to InsideTheRink.com for Bruins Benders merchandise. Follow us at Bruins Benders on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Subscribe to the Inside the Rink YouTube page and watch our uh, episodes on YouTube. Rate and review on Apple and subscribe and follow on all the podcast platforms. Special thanks to Robert Chalmers for being a guest and talking prospect talk with us and we will see everybody again next week thanks a lot for listening go Bruins thanks a lot Mm, bye bye